Podcast has been about a month, um, and I'm here with, uh, I would say, an all-time get. Actually, the reason why I started this podcast, um, the reason why, I've told you this many times, the reason why I am a believer to this day is because of this human being right here, JT Gordon, or as I affectionately knew as a 12-year-old who didn't know Jesus, 11-year-old who didn't really know Jesus, I knew you as the Grizz. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Good to be here. Honored to be here. Let's just get this out of the way. JT and I can talk. Mm-hmm. We're talkers. Mm-hmm. And so this could be long. Um, and we're watching an A's game. <laughs> so if there's some distraction. And it's going to be a long game. It's 8-7. It's the bottom of the six. So we got some time. Okay. Um. I guess where I want to kind of go with you is I want to go pre-Grizz, I want to go Grizz, then I want to go post-Grizz and our relationship and kind of the hope that you've given me as a a adult male who once was a camp person. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you worked at Hammer for, I think, five summers, four summers at least? Four, four summers and... <laughs> Some year-long kind of stuff right. as well, yeah. You've given me hope for life beyond. Um, That's good. Appreciate that. JT, we'll start out with, um, we have a bro tat. That's how much you mean to me. Amazing. We love the Oakland A's. That's right. Um, we have known each other since I was essentially like 11 and a half, 12 years old. Um and I'm now 30, so that's 18 years. That would have been, uh, that would have been, I would have, yeah, might have been 17, 17 or 18, and yeah. That's so you amazing. started in 99. Yep. Dang man, I know, right? <laughs> that's a double down. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Um, Absolutely crazy. So tell me about JT as a kid. Tell me, tell me, just. Obviously, I think I think from what I know of you, you grew up in a pretty religious home, mm-hmm. pretty religious family. Yeah, tell me about that. Uh, grew up with two amazing parents, uh, both who love the Lord. Both have very um, interesting and uh, sort of life changing upbringings when it comes to their coming to know the Lord, and uh, their life journey is very different than mine. Uh, they both uh, came from pretty uh, broken families and uh, tough upbringings. And Santa uh, Cruz? No, my dad was born in Missouri, mm. and he grew up on the on the black side, I guess you could say, of the tracks. Okay. Uh, so he grew up loving jazz and playing a street ball with a, a lot of the, the black kids, and uh, and then he moved out to Los uh, to um, Los Angeles. Southern California when he was a kid. Didn't know his dad. He was a, um, you know, a kind of a one-night stand. Uh, so he grew up just with his mom and mm. his stepdad that didn't care about him too much. Mm. Um, and then my mom's British. She moved from uh, London uh, without wanting to at 10 years old and moved to Los Angeles. And then they found their way to uh, in, in different paths to uh, Santa Cruz. 
My dad was a surfer. Grew up in the you know the late '60s, '70s, and the which isn't really the path you took. Not at all. He drug using surfer. Right. He got imprisoned for drug smuggling in in Mexico. Uh, right. He'd been through the gamut. My mom grew up in a Jewish family and um, highly intellectual and youngest of four and uh, in ho- the Hollywood Beverly Hills area. Right. Um, and uh, she became a Christian uh, at about 19, my dad at like 32, um, both from very uh, tough, uh, abusive or drug using uh, life- lifestyles. Mm. I didn't. I grew up with both of them being uh, incredibly um, available and uh, you have great parents. Amazing, amazing mm-hmm. parents. And, uh, and so I grew up in that shelter, but was raised by them. Uh, not like your traditional conservative, fam- very conservative parents by, right. by by theology and by politics, but um, raised me with quite a gentle perspective of the world and mm-hmm. um, exposure to public schooling and friends who weren't Christians. And uh, at yeah. some point, they met Jesus. Yeah, uh, pre you. Yes, I think uh, a year before got married, had me all within, I think they became Christians independently. They met at church, newly Christians. I think both within a year met me, met each other, got married, had me all within about a year and a half. So a lot. And you grew up just loving Jesus, man. I grew up in the church, grew up, um, Santa Cruz Bible, no, uh, Santa Cruz Bible. Okay. Well, it was Christian life center, CLC over on uh, mission. Okay. That was, that was the church. That was like, that was like a pre-chip Ingram. That was the jam. And then Santa Cruz grew a little bit. Twin Lakes popped in, and but okay. uh, and then on to Santa Cruz Bible. That was like high school years. Um, you've told me about this. Your first uh, exposure to camp was Mount Hermon, right? Earlier, uh, early no, on. Mission Springs. Really, Frontier very, Ranch. Frontier Ranch, very first, very first summer camp. No way. Yep. I did not know that. Absolutely. Do, when you come back here, you've you've visited over the summer and whatnot. Yeah. When you come back here, does it look familiar? Does it what? seem familiar? Because you would have had to have been in fourth grade. I was. I did sixth, seventh, and eighth at Mount Hermon, so maybe it was fifth grade. So it was wow. elementary. Yeah, so it was fifth grade. I did four summers and three. When you go up there, do you go, oh, that, I kind of remember that, or? Oh, man, I kind of remember the field. I remember mostly because I had a traumatic night walking down to the right, to the very first cabin to the left. That was the cabin I was in. So you're you're walking. Yeah. And uh, you head down and right to that, the first left on this, that hill, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that's Howling Coyotes. Yeah, it wasn't as far. Uh Uh-huh. And that was my, that was my cabin. And I have a distinct memory of waking up in the middle of the night and needing to go to the bathroom. And I, so I roll out of the bed and I ride it, I roll right into the wall. Oh. And so I thought I was in a casket. I start nailing the wall. Yeah, let me out, let me out. And my counselor just said, "You know, why don't you just uh, why don't you just roll over to the other side?" And I rolled over <laughs> to the other side. And that was. Do you the, remember your counselor's name? I don't know. Mm. So I, I I remember far less of Mission Springs than I do um, Mount Hermon. But I was you know I was younger. But yeah, that's my very first one. A's got out of the inning. We're still ahead. Yeah, still ahead. Eight spirit, seven. <laughs> spirit is still good. Morale um, is high. I didn't know that, man. Yeah. Okay, so um, at some point you did roll to Mount Hermon. Yep. As a camper, you've told me about that. One yep. of our, I would say, your best friend, yep. one of my best friends, 
uh, Johnny. Yep. You you guys went to camp together. I think it was our last year, and I convinced him to go. And like by day two, he was crying, calling home. Mm. Said, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go home. We talked him into staying. End up. You know what's funny is that Does now he admit that? <laughs> no, but Johnny is the least homesick guy of all time nowadays. Well, and he doesn't. He hates camping. He hates being outdoors. Right, anything right. pertaining to anything that's not sterile. So why did your parents? What made them go like, hey, we want to send our kid JT to to camp? What, what about them felt camp? Felt the power of camp? Um, it's actually, it's, it's, it's interesting. So my, my family didn't have a ton of money growing up. And so we didn't have a lot of extra money to, to have me do me my sister and I do events in the summertime. So we didn't go to a lot of sports camps or those sort of things. And I, so I think what might've happened, my mom may have hustled to be able to get me a scholarship or be Mm. able to like. And Mission Springs and Mount Hermon were able to offer you those. Yeah. Okay. Knowing my mom, I, she probably didn't pay for it. She finally (laughs) found a way to get me in. That's great. Uh, and it was always the very last week of the summer. I remember that. She always wanted me to go to the very last one. It's the best week to go. I felt like there was something about the last week. Week 8, week 10, whatever it is at a camp, it's it's the best. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, so I remember it was always the fu- the final week. Um I don't I don't remember the first the, the first incentive to go to Mission Springs, but I do remember mm-hmm. that once I came up here there was a like a magic. There was like a but I'm I'm kind of like this in general. I have a wonder mm. for like the magnificent. And when you're a kid and you're in these big trees and you all have all the smells of the of the um, uh, of the field and you're meeting kids. And little did I know that I'd be such a social person growing up. That when I was a child, I was also inclined to strangers and people I didn't know. And right. I quickly that first week in Mission Mission Springs found myself. <laughs> Uh, loving sharing a like a cabin with people from all over the place, and I think right. I might have come back and said, you know, parents, I got to do this again. This is my thing. Yeah, no question. Um, um, just really quick, getting into the parents a little bit. Your dad, big A's fan. Big A's fan. In fact, um, he was he was in Missouri when they were still in Kansas City before they moved oh, to Oakland. Really? Then he like moves early seventies. Yeah, they moved in 67, and so he was still in Missouri. So he oh, grew wow. up, he was an A's fan when they were in Kansas City for the few years they were there. So your dad lived through the late 70s when the A's won three back-to-back. Oh, yeah. And then he was here around, obviously, for 89 as he, well. He was all in – he was in the Bay Area, actually, like in um, like Fremont area in high school uh, during that – well, before that. But he was in the prime of all those years, yeah. Your sister told this great story of you guys growing up and watching Ricky Henderson steal um, the most stolen bases of all time. Isn't it funny? Like your parents tell you stories of what you did when you were younger, and uh-huh. you're adamant that they're wrong. I still can't tell if I'm right or my dad was wrong. So my dad picked me up. My dad was amazing. He would pull me out of. There was a number of trips where he would he would pull me out of class, like in elementary school, and take me on some weekend road trip to you know San Diego to surf. One of the days he pulled me out of class on, I think it might have been a Wednesday. I don't know why I remember that stuff. It was Tuesday or Wednesday. He pulled me out of a class. I'm like, you know, I was what, in fifth grade or fourth grade. Sure. And he's like, we're going to Oakland. Ricky Henderson's going to steal the, the 200 and 2,000th, 100-something base, and we're going to go. I remember going, and he didn't do it, and he ended up stealing the next day. But my dad swore that we went the day he did it. Maybe he tied the record that day. I'm pretty sure he didn't, but I'm going to trust my dad. He said that we went, 
and that was kind of a special. And moment. your sister had said something about you guys like held something above your head, and you just were like, Ray, oh, and then, then we break it. Yeah. yeah. So I think he, t- I think he, I think what he might have given us was like a stick. Right. And when Ricky was gonna, if he broke the record that day, we would like hold it over and we'd break the record, like breaking a oh, stick. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's what we might have done. I think he didn't break it, but my dad said he did, so I'm gonna go with it. Gotta roll with it. Yeah. So you're in seventh grade. You're going to camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the camp bug. Yep. Uh, more so than I think the average kid. Yeah. I think you love camp. Yeah. You love camp. Yeah. Um, high school harbor, SoCal. 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 Yep. Knights. SoCal Knights. Um. Did you ever have Jim? Um, the teacher, the music, uh, music teacher. Yes, I yeah, did. Jim uh, Stewart, Mr. Stewart. <laughs> Boy, did he hate me. We had an interesting. <laughs> we had an interesting, and, and Johnny could tell you this. So he came in my second year. So as a freshman, I had the old guy, right? The old, right? You know, G- and um, Jim. Jim was probably young at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. he came in as my uh, my second year, and I was kind of a brash uh, bassist guy, and I always showed up late. We had the. You know, we had the the you know X class at seven in the morning before all. Right. Schools. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody wants to be there at seven in the morning in yeah. high school. Uh, yeah, but Mr. Stewart came in at uh, my second year, and those three years, man, him and I just—I would show up at seven thirty. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not even talking like, sorry, dude, like a few minutes late. No, I showed up halfway through the class. And it would stop, and he he had this. I mean, you know him a little bit. I know him, yeah, fairly well. Yeah, I mean, he gave me that. He would just give me this look, and it, we battled. We battled for a long time. Was that good for you? Uh, I think it. I think I liked it. I think I liked a little bit being a little bit controversial. Sure. Uh, I mean, he laid into me a few times, but he never disciplined me quite enough that forced the chains. Yeah. Just just enough. That I, I tried to do a better job. I think he cared for me enough that I, I wanted to try to do do better. But man, seven in the morning at sixteen years old, <laughs> right? It's not how God created it to be, you know. Ah, uh, so oh, Crush Davis is up. Um, I I uh, I lived with Jim and his wife in their little side house I didn't for know a little that. bit. I didn't know uh, that. Lacey and I we were married. We got married. Well, I lived there single for like five or six months, and then we got married and we lived there as a married couple for like two weeks. Did he have the Beatles haircut? Like, was it long and shaggy kind of thing? He had longer hair, but he was pretty clean cut. Jim's okay. always been a good looking guy. He had know? this terrible haircut. I remember when, <laughs> when he started it, I mean, that's why I don't think I showed up on time because I didn't take him seriously. It's like this Beetle Shack from 62. It was terrible. I didn't know if he still had that or not. Um, yeah, so, so, but Jim, Jim was serving in the high school group at Twin mm-hmm. Lakes when I met him. Yeah. And I knew that he taught you and. Johnny knew him, yep. Clint knew him, Joe knew him a little bit. Yep. And so, like, he he was kind of, like, he just has these stories about you guys. Yeah. Like, you guys were kind of his first crew, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, were we one of his first classes? Yeah. Like, I think you guys, I think he had come in maybe a year or two before you guys, but you guys were the okay. freshman, sophomore, junior, senior class that he got to see all the way through. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Um, so at some point in high school, uh, were were you going to high school camp at all? Did you go to Hume or did you do? What did you do in high school? I went to Mexico to build like, houses. Oh shoot! Someone was, just hit a bomb. Oh, that's Matt. Matt was Olson, that Olson? Matt. That's Youngblood right there. Oh dang! Cool, common collector. That's good. Nine seven, dude. That's right. 
Only a seventh. So uh, I went on a couple of the, the Mexico trips. Through Twin Lakes or through Santa, Santa Cruz Bible? Santa Cruz Bible. Like um, build the homes kind of thing? Yep. Okay. So I think that's those were the uh, kind of week trips that I did. I don't remember. I think I don't think Hume Lake. I think Hume Lake might have been a Twin Lakes thing. Right. I don't think Santa Cruz Bible really did that. Or okay. maybe it wasn't big at the time or something, but there wasn't really a high school jam. I think Mount Hermon might have done a high school thing, but there was no chatter. So you had you had at least four years with no camp. Dude, if Cole Calhoun was like, <laughs> his glasses just... glasses. <laughs> That's why you if, miss it. If Cole Calhoun was literally an inch taller, he would have caught so that. He is so short. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so short. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, any other center field? Any other center fielder? He's uh, in right field. Oh, he's right field. <laughs> yeah, sorry, exactly. that's right. So, so um, you go through high school, no camp, right? Right. And this is where we're going to get into it a little bit. Okay. Eighteen. You want you want your pretzel snacks that we brought? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing's changed, man. <laughs> All right. So you're eighteen, and you decide. I was seventeen. Seventeen. I was a young senior. 17, yeah, so and you 17. decide. Rob hey. Patterson. Oh, Zagnut. Zagnut. Um, hey, I want to work at camp. I didn't say that, no. Well, how, what, how did it all come, come to be? I, I was in the lobby of Santa Cruz Bible after probably doing a worship set, playing bass with Josh Fox, when they, I'm pretty sure it might have been Graceland, when Graceland moved from the small mm-hmm. chapel into the big one. So Graceland had started at this point. Yeah. Wow. Graceland had started... And that was like the college group, and I think around that time wow. they kind of shifted over to the ma- main chapel because it was getting bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was coming out of there like Sunday nights at like five o'clock or whatever. It got going. Yeah, yeah there, were I, two, I, there were two I, sessions, a five and a seven or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I remember distinctly. I remember the moment uh, Rob came up to me. He said, "Hey, man, you want to come? You know, play play basic camp because he was a worship. That's right, because Zagna was playing. Yeah, he was leading worship, and it was." It was strange because I was a, a baseball kind of star in high school and m- moving out of high school. Well, let's push pause. Yeah. Who did you play baseball with? Well, I did like some like like premier traveling summer leagues. With who? Mr. Casey McGee. Casey McGee. That's right. Who put a few years in the big leagues. Yeah. I think he had a Comeback Player of the Year award, actually, for he the did. Miami Marlins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Casey and I grew up playing baseball together. We were both kind of baseball stars. I grew up. Playing with him since I was eight or nine years old on the Blue Jays, won plenty of Little League. Shout titles. out, dude! Shout out to Casey McGee if you're listening. <laughs> so, brother. All right, so so he's so probably Rob, in Japan or something. So Rob asked you. I didn't realize Rob that. Zagna, so, yep. Because because your first summer you played bass. Yep. At camp slash program whatever that was kind of right. Called. Yeah. But who 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 was in the band that year? It was you, Rob, Brooke Wilcox. Remember her, James. Well, no, they were the camp counselors. The Who counselors, counselors. Uh, well, I can't remember their names. I remember Morgan Peterson. Ugh. No, okay. That 99, I just remember the attractive lifeguard, Aloe. And, um, Dark hair. Mm-hmm, and I remember... Spoof and Aloe. Spoof and Aloe. I don't know if Spoof was there. She was, trust me. I remember Barbie. And Barbie. Um, and... I played bass. He played guitar. Who played drums that year? Um, I'll remember. Okay, at the end of the uh, end of this. So, 
So he comes this up is, to me. Yeah, he comes. This up is where to, it starts. Yeah, yeah, he comes. So up Rob to me. Patterson, interestingly enough, I go to his church now. Yeah, interestingly enough, he is the one that brought you into my life. Yep, and I had no thoughts of going of working at a camp. None. I had a plan on playing. You didn't even know what Camp Hammer was, really. Uh, not at all. That was a Twin Lakes thing. Mm-hmm. I just was a Mount Hermon guy. Yeah. Yep. And um, wow. And he came up to me, and I had <laughs> I had some plan to play on a traveling another traveling summer squad, and that was going into. It's like going into my senior year of high school. It had to have been. I think it might have been. And uh, where was I leaving? No, it wasn't. I was 17. I was leaving. I was No, I had just graduated high school. Um, but I had some baseball <laughs> thing that I was going to do. And he came up to me, and I just remember th- kind of simply thinking, like, that sounds incredible. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. a can- yes. And it almost, like, re-triggered those amazing years when I was a camper and was like, yeah, absolutely. So I said, yeah, I remember it wasn't a very tough, tough answer, but, um, I, I, I do remember not thinking at all about campus even as a thing. Right. And then he asked and it almost like, well, yeah, wait, I can go back and I can do that. So I said, yeah. And he slapped the base that year. Yep. Um, yeah. And as I just said, like that was a year God brought you into my life. Mm. Um, you were 17, mm-hmm. a little pudgy. I had some half. <laughs> uh, but you, you like to have your shirt off at most all times. I mean, we live in California, <laughs> right? so why would you wear anything? Um, besides bleached blonde hair. I had bleached blonde hair that year. And I fell in love. I really did. I, I went to camp. Um, so Twin Lakes, mm-hmm. <clears throat> every year they bring their kids to Camp Hammer. Mm-hmm. And we went to a church called FBC in Davis, and because because Twin Lakes took care of like eighty percent of the camp, they really wouldn't open it up to a bunch of like just randoms to come. So they opened it up to a smaller youth group, and our youth group, and our youth pastor at the time was a guy named Rich Ballou who went under the name of Maestro. I don't right. know if you ever yeah. met Maestro. Yeah. Uh, Maestro brought us to camp. He, he played piano a few times with us. Totally, yeah, long, yeah. lanky kind of super long, lanky. Guy. Um, yeah. He looked like he should be a cartoon character or something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Meister brought us. And my counselor that summer was Fun Guy. Mm-hmm. And Fun Guy was great. Like, have utmost respect for him. We'll get to Fun Guy later. Okay. But that summer, I, I didn't necessarily connect with Fun Guy. And I... So, so history here. A little, mm-hmm. little story. Parents were going through a little bit of a separation... Uh, it, it hadn't quite hit yet, but you kind of knew like there was something going on yeah. and camp just like took place at the perfect time. Okay. And I come in and I fall in love with this place called Camp Hammer. I fall that in love. That was your first summer. First summer, 99. Um, I met Dominic Orlando, Horton. Yeah. Yeah. I met Zeus, yeah. Kevin. Um, obviously Yoda. Mm-hmm. I met you, the Grizz. Yep. Yeah. And I met um, my counselor, Fun Guy, and I, as a you know, fourteen year old or whatever, or I don't even think I was fourteen. I was probably younger than that. I had a crush on Aloe, mm-hmm. and that's all I can really remember from that summer. I think I remember a guy named Rolf. Right? Was there a guy named Rolf? Yes, there was. And he was nuts, right? <laughs> he, he was. He was alternative. <laughs> yeah. Rolf, I remember, told me <laughs> he, he used to try counselor. and catch the um, deers on the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe Albacore was there. Yep. Um, yep, Steve. Rolf. 
Isn't was funny? Shakes there? Was Kenny there? No. No, no okay, I don't no, think yeah, he came into Yeah, man, and and if I could just speak for a second from what a little kid like me was going through, maybe maybe 13 years old or whatever, I saw you playing the bass, and I can remember singing Time After Time yeah. or The Nails in Your Hands. Yeah. And I just, I was infatuated with you at the time. Why do you think that is? Isn't it fascinating when you're young? You know, I think I grew up in a fairly conservative family. Yeah. And you had bleached hair. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I was like, that is so dope. Interesting. (laughs) It's funny when you're young, what, what is, what was it about Rolf? What was it about me? What, what is it about? Well, Rolf seemed like a guy who was a loose cannon and I've always been attracted to loose cannons. Gastro. Right. Uh, (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. Uh, All the guys who I grew up with at Camp Hammer, Dan Hines, um, Mm -hmm. just loose cannons. Like I I just, that, the type of personality I am attracted to. Okay. Uh, But Rolf just seemed like he was a guy who had a couple screws loose yeah. and I was like I'm all in I gotta watch guy. this yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch this um, but it wasn't until um, so if I can remember correctly and you might have to jog my memory Camp Hammer used to do this memory verse thing and if okay. you memorize scripture and I had been going to church for a long time at this point but like never really taking it seriously but if you memorize scripture you got to go on the game show yeah and the game show was Dynamo Dyna okay and it was a revolving it, it changed throughout the summer but but I happened to go on the Dynamo Dyna week. Okay. And Dynamo Dyna had a sidekick Correct. who loved salt. And currently you are eating salty pretzels. <laughs> what did what did I say when I got to the Before, house actually about an, an hour? Literally you got to the house, uh-huh. you had a couple sips of whiskey. Yep. And you said, "You got any salt?" <laughs> <laughs> you got any salt? Nothing's like changed. Physical salt or you know, no, just like something salty. Yeah. Um, and, and the character mm-hmm. was a guy named little buddy Correct. and he loved salt. Anything. And things. that was the most basic character of all. Time. That's all that it was. Lit and he salt wore packets. bottle cap, bottom of the Coke bottle, bottle cap goggles. Couldn't see anything. And a, and uh, for some weird, oh boy. And a reflector vest just to be was safe. Was that Simmons? No, we're in, we're in good, we're in control. Double. That was Otani, I think. Oppo? He's having himself. No, uh, that uh, kettle. Yeah, that's Marte. Um, this game's tight, bro. I know. I and I fell in love, dude. Love what? It. What? What was it? I don't know what attracted me. Because you, I, you knew it was you knew it was me. I was that character. Like, did, did you put the two together? <laughs> like, that's the that's the cool basis guy who's also this crazy. I nutty. definitely. Put two and two together. However, okay. in my mind, I wanted to separate. Them. Okay. Because I wanted you to be just this spe- like a me thing. Like, yeah. I get this guy. Yeah. He's an outcast. He's loner. Little buddy. Little buddy. Yeah. And you acted beautifully, dude. Thank you. It was it was, it was my favorite. And I just thought I love this guy. Mm. I'm 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 so in love with this character and who this guy is. Mm. And I remember we would just hang. Mm-hmm. You would just sit. Mostly by the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I didn't have much of a job. I played bass and I did you, some programming. I think you did like fishing at the time. You sure. Would, you would like maybe help out at Fanoos or fishing or yep. whatever. Yeah. And we just connected. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nice play. There we go. Did he score? Nah, dude. Nine, seven A's. Um, and that summer ended and we we moved on. I, yeah. I moved on. Yeah. Um, 
And you, at that point, either graduated or you were heading to Point Loma at some I point. I was going to San Diego. I had not Point Loma yet. Okay. I was going to San Diego. Um, so then summer number two comes around, yeah. and you came back, and I, I didn't quite grasp the concept of, oh, people, like, return to counseling or to staff, like, because Fungi wasn't there the second summer. Okay. I had Augur my second summer. And, uh, but you... Wait, you said, you said, Fungi was your first year? 99, yeah. So 2000 oh, wow. was... I thought Fungi was 2000, but maybe it's 99. Fungi came back in 2001. Oh, he missed. Oh, he okay. missed two thousand. Okay, okay that makes and sense. I had Augur, and Augur is obviously amazing. Yeah. And um, but you were there. You were this consistent guy. Yeah. And I think I looked different too. I didn't have did. the bleach hair, and I lost. I crossfitted out, which was before the whole crossfit thing. I lost. I got all ripped I out. Remember that? So it wasn't it? You know the thickness. Here's why I think I've I've been a, attracted to just your faith and, and who you are is that you've always been consistent. Mm. If you, if, if I were to take back everybody in my life, my longest tenured friend, if you really look at it Mm. is you, Mm. I was a, I was a seventh grade boy and I, and you've been consistent. You've never left my life Mm. since then. That's great. And so, so my eighth grade year was when my parents officially separated. Mm. Um, and my dad was living in this apartment and my mom was at our house and it was really difficult. And we went to Hammer and there was a piece of consistency, a rock, a grizz, mm. if you may. Yeah, you may. Um, and that grizz brought back little buddy. Yeah. Brought back Dynamo Dyna. Yeah. Um, and you, I think you played drums that year, maybe? Yeah, that was with Brosomley. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Lurch. Yep. So Lurch was 2000. Yep. <clears throat> he was Pearl amazing, came in dude. like the next year. Like I played, that was, uh, was that Mission Impossible? Dumb. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I drummed that year. Yep. Dang, dude. Mm hmm. And you, you just shredded. So dude. fun, dude. That entrance oh, on the I, Sunday. Oh, you shredded. So heavy. Oh, so fun. That was so what fun. What was it like playing with Lurch? Was he fun? Uh, He was... Because um, he's still kind of a... He like, was, he's still known. Super, like, half super fun and just, like, loosey-goosey and mm-hmm. half a little, little tense. So there would be, <laughs> be moments, yeah. Like, if he's in a good day, super great. And if he's a little bit more on edge, it'd be a little tight. But he was fun. He was fun. He wanted to have fun. And he was and then, super into like medley riffs and stuff. So. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's always fun. So in 2000, you, um, I was not there for this week, but in 2000, I believe you got the opportunity to counsel a cabin. Is that correct? One, in four summers, I counseled one, one, one week. And that was 2000? Do you uh, remember what summer it was? I, it was 2000 or 2001, I thought. Yeah, the second or third. So there are nine kids. Oh, dude. I could have been game-changing, but Chapman makes play. Chapman is a gamer, dude. Yeah, no question. Brooks Robinson incarnate. So there are nine young... Well, they're men at this point. Yeah. There are nine men out there that had the Grizz as the counselor. And the only nine that ever had the Grizz as a counselor. Man, I wish I was that guy. Man, I don't even remember that week, but yeah, I, took I had Augur that week, and Augur was a sensational. Counselor. Was I was I was? Uh, you're saying that week I was the counselor? You were a counselor that week, really? But but you also doubled as oh you you got little buddy. It. Little buddy was in his prime. <clears throat> so I remember like Gurney was counseling, and that was Tim's first summer too. Bravo. Yeah. 
and there was like the Grizz, and I was like, dude, how did these guys get the Grizz? Yeah, you dude. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I wonder if he could have just done a little trade ski poo or something, but ah, no, we got enough time, didn't we've we? We've got some time together okay. over the years. All right. So you you went back. Because it was such a bit, it meant something to you. The summer meant something to you. Well, at that point, you'd done the first summer, and it just it was just such a natural place for me to be. Um, the being in the mountains and the interaction with people from all over the place, which I've grown to, as you've known to travel the world and do the mm. stuff like. It, it makes sense for me to be in places to meet people with all different types of stories. Right. I'm n- naturally drawn to that. So um, being in the camp, camp environment had it has a natural uh, draw because you get to exchange stories and you get to encounter people who come from everywhere. Mm. I, and I love that stuff. And so absolutely, I'm going to come. What else am I going to do now at summer? Right. I remember I came that summer and I was bummed because Aloe wasn't there. Yeah. And um, Sink wasn't there. Christy Whiting. Yeah. (laughs) Really? I was like this, you know, 14 year old kid. I was like, oh, dang, man. Yes. My sister in law was 99, too. Uh, Janelle was there. And so was Rob Patterson's wife was there, too. Have you seen the picture with Little Buddy and Janelle? Oh, I gotta see. This I gotta one. find it. I have it. It is fantastic. <laughs> I gotta see that. You do. I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. No question. I, I love that. That's what brought you back to camp. You know, yeah. a lot of people were like, "Oh, I, I didn't do this right this one summer. I want to. I want to re. You know, do it. Or all my friends are there, and so I might as well come back. But you're looking at it from a world experience. Yeah. Like, I just want to have conversations with people and just enjoy. Do they do a training two innings save? That's what you gotta do when you gotta lock the wind down. You bring in your bad boy. Bottom of the seventh, and they Two bring in the third. Oh my goodness! It's early in the season, but every win counts, right? That's right. That's your man. So, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by that. You just felt like this is you. You were probably discovering your personality at the without time. probably even realizing it. Yeah, and you just like worldly experiences. I don't even care if it's the second summer. I just want to meet new people and have new experiences. Uh, the mystery of going into another summer not knowing who I'll be able to engage with. Right. Just like when I was a kid, remember thinking my after my first my first summer, I, I was in a cabin of eight or nine other kids who I didn't know. How amazing is that? Who mm. are they gonna be? And then next summer I gotta be a camper. Who are gonna 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 be the people? And then as a as a as a grown up or as a teenager, I guess. Right. Um, the idea of going back to camp and having a summer full of kids and staff members that I'm going to get to know who have all unique stories mm-hmm. was so, ex- that idea was so exciting. And then and then to have to forge three months with them and, and build relationships and, and the, the, the sort of uh, wonder of how, the mystery of going into a summer knowing that you're going to go in with people that you don't know. Right. And then... What is that going to look like over the course of three months as you get to do life with them every single day? Like, it, it had me. It's still part of exactly why I probably live the lifestyle that I do. Right. Wow. So 2001 rolls around, and you're like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to yeah. come back and play some bass. And I think Lurch was there that summer too, yep, right? Double down, yeah. You, Lurch, and Pearl. And Pearl came in And again. Pearl was a guy that... I connected with almost as much as you did, but I didn't have the history with. Yeah. Um, but I was in ninth grade at this point, and my parents had actually gotten back together, and so I felt a sense of 
Camp Hammer was my camp, you know? Like, mm. I felt this ownership of this place, and the Grizz was my guy. Yeah. But I also expanded. I remember that summer. Did you expect me to be there again? No. The, the concept, you have to understand, like, even with kids nowadays, now working in camp, kids don't think your counselor's going to return. Yeah. We assume it's a one-and-done thing. Yeah. Because the likelihood of a, a returning counselor is maybe 30%. Mm. And um, especially for somebody to come back three summers, that's yeah. a big deal, yeah. you know? And you return in the same role yeah. three summers in a row. Essentially, band guy, little buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Either that guy's super one-dimensional and he has no life, or he's got something that he's sticking with. And that summer, like, a lot more people stuck out to me that summer. Like, fun guy, actually, I really connected with that summer. Yeah. Um, so I you're got on the other side of the fence now. You're a viewer. I'm a little bit older, and so I was able to kind of see people for who they were a little bit more. And I remember yeah. fun guy was just, I look back and fun guy was an amazing counselor, yeah. uh, especially my ninth grade year, a guy named Iceman. Um, he introduced to me like this concept of like this sound. Do you remember Iceman? No. Uh, uh, he was no. like the staff counselor. Yeah. That was James. Well, it might've been James. That was James Wilcox and his wife, Brooke. Bearded, I think his wife's name bearded. was Bella or something. Yeah. Brooke. Yeah. They live in New York now. Brooke? That's that's Morgan Peterson's sister, Mary James. His name's James. James that's Wilcox. He kind of he looks like he should be like in Wolverine. Yes, he's yeah. hairy he's dude. In, he's bald now and he's an actor in New York. <laughs> that's crazy. That's in, 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 a, in, yeah, in a Denzel movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's like working his way up. Yeah. So he that's gave me my first godly perspective on pornography. Interesting. He he offered to me the concept of grace and forgiveness when you're struggling as a ninth grade boy about pornography. And Were we I, at the same conversation or did he share this with, uh, with the band guys too? He, I specifically remember him giving a similar conversation to us before we went out on stage about grace and about, you've already been washed clean. You're already like pure white in the eyes of God. He did a thing for like any guy that wanted to go to this like session and talk about this issue. Interesting. And Billy, a fun guy was like, Hey, uh, I think you guys should go to this. You're ninth grade boys. You're struggling with this or whatever. And yeah. like we went. It's like revolutionized my view on that. Interesting. Um, as a ninth grader. Wow. Um, and I and that's why I think I have such a love and reverence for Fun Guy because he was the guy that encouraged us yeah. all to go. And yeah. then and then I met Pearl and Pearl was just a ball of joy. And, Absolutely. And obviously Dominic was still there. Bravo was still there. That yep. was the year that Bravo lied to us mm -hmm. and told us that if we snuck down to the campfire, you, you, you might remember this, but so Bravo and fungi snuck us down to the campfire yeah, and we slept down there and Bravo and fungi lied to us and said that, uh, it's, if we get he, caught, Bravo was a counselor counselor. Okay. Yeah. If we get caught, Bravo's one of my, come on, baby. Good buddy. Oh, he missed it. Tie he totally game. missed it. It's getting no, tense. it's nine, eight. No, nine, they're going to send him. Wow. We had a double play to end the inning. Missed the ball at first. Oh, we didn't even need a double. Double no double play would have ended the inning. Shoot. Well, <sighs> this game's going late. That's what we expect. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Here we go. So so yeah, it wasn't a double. Oh, you're right. It was just a single. Uh he could have caught that. that he definitely could have caught that. That was a catchable ball. Yeah. That's a bummer. That's our goal glover. That's all right, he's young. Why didn't he just tag that guy out? 
Oh, because it was uh, a force. Olsen, Olsen made a bad stretch. It wasn't a great throw, but he should have caught it. So <laughs> okay. So down at the so down, down, down at the, the fire yeah. circle, and Tim Bravo tells us that we cannot. This is illegal. We're not allowed to do this. Yeah. And down walks the Grizz and Pearl. Mm. As you guys were on patrol. I rem- actually might remember <laughs> this. And years later, I found out Tim set this whole thing up. But the Grizz and Pearl walked down to the fire circle, but like played it off as if, like, and Tim was like, do not say a word. I think I remember and this. And you guys walked down the fire circle, like, all right, we're just doing patrol. Pearl, how you doing, man? I'm yeah. doing good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you guys are just kind of laughing. Lingered there, probably. You lingered for a while. Yeah. And, and like, I. Because I had the most respect for you yeah. and for Pearl, yeah. I was like, I, I was essentially practicing being dead. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you could not be caught. There's no, there's no way. And there's you know oh 20 gosh. dudes that are just like frozen in time. And Hilarious. You guys, I remember you guys did the whole like. You fake farted or whatever. Yes. And you like picked I, out your butt. I think I remember this. <laughs> And just as a little kid, I was like, "Oh my goodness, dude! I'm 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 in deep trouble here." Yeah, you know? yeah. And you guys walked away, and we felt we were saved. And that morning, we woke up at like six a.m. and Tim made us wipe you all of our mattresses you down. Slept with the, the oh, they got those blue and white. Yeah, we, yeah. we slept down there. Yeah, and then Tim made us wipe down our mattresses with simple green. <laughs> there you go, stinky dude. I might remember that actually. That's great. The, the only other memory I have that summer is a buddy of mine did the whole, like, it was like pie in your face or punch your face, okay. which is like a pitcher of fruit yeah. punch. And Taxi, yeah. who was my girl at the yeah, time. no doubt. Buffalo, New York. Um, taxi, something, like, we picked Taxi, but something happened where she didn't do it. And so my buddy ended up picking bok choy and gave her stitches. Yeah, I he was threw a say, punch in her face. It got in her face, that and she, it, it hit her nose, and yeah. she still has like a scar on her face. Yeah, that, that picture—that's a dangerous one. Super dangerous. Yeah. So that <laughs> summer passes, and I am like, so, but and that week we had a picture together, and I remember I like framed this picture of me and me and not the Grizz, me and little buddy. Have I seen that one? I don't even know where it's at. Man. Oh, okay. So we. Uh, let me just tell you what I was expre- experiencing as a ninth grader is that here's a guy who's been consistent in my life for now three years. I know he loves the Lord. That's really amazing. Mm. I want to be like the Grizz. Mm. I want to go to camp and be like the Grizz. And that's what I felt like for my entire year as a ninth grader. Mm. And do you remember a junior staffer, junior counselor, by a, his name was Thud? Yes. And do you remember Ollie? Uh, the rock girl. Right. So yeah. Thud and Ollie actually were junior counselors my ninth grade year. Okay. And I had connected with them, and they had told me, you should apply to be a junior counselor at mm. Camp Hammer. It's very few of them. There was only yeah. like one a week or whatever. Yeah. And so I applied, got the job through Rob Namba, and I show up to camp week one, and I'm a little little kid. I'm 15 at this point. My first summer at Camp Hammer, 2002. And four summers in a row, there's the Grizz. Mm. And that just melted my heart as a little kid just because I felt like this guy loves Jesus. Mm. And he consistently cares about us kids. Mm. 
I would have never I would have never thought about that for one second of the, that anybody would be paying attention to that. I paid attention. That's crazy. Absolutely paid attention. And God, I think, ordained this whole thing because Eric put me in your room. I yeah. No, Rob put me in your room. I got to be roommates with the Grizz. My first summer as a 15-year-old, my wow. camp name was Beta. The Grizz, um, Luke, basket. Luke Sires, and Gastro. You were in that. You were in that. The, the whole oddest summer? human being of all time. <laughs> wait, 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 you were in there the whole time. <clears throat> so I didn't come for training week. Okay. Um, this game's crazy. He just hit a bomb. No, it's a double. Wow. Well, eleven nine. No, no, it's a it's bomb. Gone. Wow. A lot of game left though. It's only the seven. Hey, bro, I'll training, take that. Dude. I'll take that up in three rounds. Yeah, but that over, was dude. training, right? <laughs> Shoot, that was your boy training, right? Uh, Trenton's not on my team. He's on Greg's oh, team. Oh, even better. Upton's on my team. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Dang. Dang, skis. Hold on. So we so we were in the... Uh, yeah, that's controversial. That could be an instant replay action. As long as it gets over that yellow line, it's gone. Right? He gets up. Yeah, yeah it's over. over. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were in staff room two. Uh, because what, okay. Clint... I thought it was one, but the very first one I thought... Actually, I'm certain because when I remember, it may have our, been one. It was one because I remember when I came out of the shower that one day, I went. Out, I know the direction was that way, <laughs> and if we were in two, it would have been walking out the other direction. Right. Strange. So, so maybe Clint and uh, <laughs> they were in the other one. Clint, it was like Clint and Josh Pitts and one yeah. other person. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I got to work with you. Um, and I, I don't think we had any sort of deep intellectual conversations, but I, once again, consistency. A man who loves the Lord, who has not wavered, who consistently praises and loves Jesus. That's all I needed in my life at that point. And I washed dishes that summer, and <clears throat> we could literally go through tons of memories from that summer. Mm. Gastro lighting his farts on fire. Normally. Um, you... Uh, revealing to us that you needed medical attention to a specific uh, testicular yeah. uh, injury. Yeah, it was a, uh, <laughs> uh, a, 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 a. There was some. Yeah, I needed some some help. <laughs> uh, and you guys helped me. <laughs> uh, you. Oh man, I'm trying to think of. I remember a guy named Alf. Mm-hmm. That was kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, he has he has girlfriend. And I remember Yontu and I. Treated me like such an adult. We would do this thing called the deck of cards. Oh, we did. We had done that. I think the year or two before, where it was like if you get a two of, uh, so black cards were like sit-ups, sit-ups and yeah. red cards were push-ups. push-ups. Yep. And you just did a basically one hundred fifty push-ups and one hundred fifty sit-ups yeah, as fast as you could. And that was the moment. I'm not kidding. You, Gastro, Yantu. Gus Gus, Luke Cyrus, Boombastic, mm-hmm. um, and Rob, Dom, Tim, Eric. That was like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Interesting. Because I realized that there's consistency in this. It's mm-hmm. not a one-time thing. Tim was on a second, maybe third, third summer. Yeah, he started in, in, um, in 2000. 
Clint was on his second summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom was on his like seventh summer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, I can do this. I definitely can do this. And I guess I want to ask before we kind of move forward to the years beyond that, and I I really want to talk about the years beyond that because I think they're very important for what it means to work at a camp. But why did you come back four years in a row? Beyond just wanting to meet new people. Yeah. Um, I think... I think I had built um, a relationship to this space where I think I had experienced and kind of longed for a space that I had grown to learn was this um, unique space that's hard to find in the world that sort of in- allows and encourages a dedicated space to worship and to um, to um, I guess maybe encourage my heart to be centered on service, centered on prayer, centered on like who God is and how I take that and engage faith, with what surrounds me and Mm. you can't do that in the world you know it's it's not the same like you would be the guy standing on the corner prophetizing and and people don't it doesn't work you you know right sitting at you know at at work whatever with the bible open or having these moments it just doesn't happen in the world world but here you're in this space where like the whole the whole environment sort of allows for a space for you to be attentive to what your heart's stirring what your mind is stirring to 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 uh, engage with that, but also to like open that up to whatever is around you, and you can't you can't really do that in the real world. Right. And I found that to be a place that was strangely like a place I wanted to be. I wanted myself to be surrounded in an environment like that because I can't we, we can't particularly do that in the way in that way out in the real world. So not only was the the excitement of the mountains and the opportunity to have fun or maybe meet a girl or all the other stuff that comes along with the camp environment, but I started to learn that after those years were going on, I found this is a space where I can kind of like be pulled back into a space where I can be more free to really engage uh, and be challenged and, and encouraged to be focused on who God is, mm. how God works in in me, in relationships, and in, in, in nature, in a way that is is kind of free from. And you from probably didn't fully think all that stuff until you were twenty one, twenty two, in your final summer. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you get that part until you start to do it a few times, and you realize mm. how unique this environment is that allows. And encourages that to happen. I think you can be easily more distracted by the energy, uh, by the curiosity of the people, by the like momentum of uh, a summer, you know, journey. Right. But then when you reflect, you start to realize, hey, you have this impulse and this like longing to go back to this place that has um, that sort of caters to a deeper and uh, relational space that's harder to find in the real world Mm -hmm. and there's a there's a magneticism like there's a a pull to that 
that I didn't quite, I don't think I would have known the first or second summer because I hadn't really experienced enough to realize, hey, there's something about that, something about that, that probably that third and fourth summer started to do. The difference was in the fourth summer, I found myself fatiguing a little bit from like some some of the little buddy characters and the humor because when you're constantly on you're constantly doing that humor stuff you know (laughs) totally you know but you know what like that fourth summer is when people like clint tim um a couple other people started taking on those roles yeah you know that's when julius was born yeah that's when um I did think Tim Tim stepped up a little bit because Tim Bob stepped Choice up big had time. Gone, stepped away. But yeah, Kenneth Shakes was gone. I think at the fourth summer, mm-hmm. and it, it like you you took less of the comedic role. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Gurney yeah. stepped up that or yeah. Gurney stepped up the summer before two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know you you kind of set that aside. Yeah, um, which is you got to move on. You got to mature. Sure, you know. Sure. <laughs> so. <clears throat> um, Let's kind of work our way to present day. I worked at Camp Hammer 2002, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Um, and you were not there for any other summer besides 2002, but over the years we stayed connected. Mm-hmm. And I told you this, but as a 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old, to see a guy still pursuing Jesus, still loving the Lord, you were playing music at the time. Yep. Um, you were attending Point Loma and you were just, you loved Jesus. You wanted people to worship Jesus and you wanted to live your life wholeheartedly for Jesus. And that was apparent. I think at some point in maybe 2006, 2000, no, 2005, I had graduated high school and I was living at the trailer at Camp Hammer. Yep. And one night, you brought uh, you brought a girl up. Um, you brought a girl from Point Loma up. She was uh, darker skin. Yeah, she is. I can't believe Jamie Peviani. Jamie. She she is. Uh, she's she's my biggest crush of all time. Really? No question. I I, I really more than like Spoof. Jenny, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Jenny and I had a different relationship. We, it was built out of this sort of friendship for a number of years. Right. That was kind of teetering between like, is this a friendship or, um, or is this supposed to be something? And we worked together as a program. Jamie was a girl that I um, cr- I saw her across the way at Point Loma and I just, my heart dropped. Really liked that girl. girl so you really brought her to Camp Hammer. I brought her up to, yeah, I forgot about that. I brought her up to Santa Cruz for a weekend. So, because I was living with Tim. She's cute. She was. She was super cute. Yeah, Italian. Um, <laughs> and tall. So I was living with Tim at the time. Man, I forgot about and that. And you brought her up, and like we like shot the breeze. And that was probably the first time I had really seen you since I was 15. Okay. And I was, you know, in the room with you, Gastro and Boombastic. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I have to tell you. like, And you remembered me instantly. Yeah. Mm. You're like, Christian. Totally remember you. You were my favorite camper. Yeah. I was like, I I remember I feel like I almost cried that night. Wow. Because once again, consistency. Yeah. You remembered me. Yeah. This is years later. You 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 remembered, you remembered, you remembered, which is all I ever wanted yeah. as a camper, is just someone to know me and to love me. Mm. And 
I met this girl that you were with, and I shook her hand, but I was just like, oh, my gosh, the Grizz is here. Yeah. You know? And we kind of shot the breeze for a little bit. You were just visiting. Yeah. And then, like, maybe two weeks later, uh, I don't know if you remember, we had a poker night. Uh, I remember plenty of poker nights. <laughs> and yeah. you brought Johnny. That's what... Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. I think I remember that. You brought Johnny up to camp. Yep. And we all played poker. I think this guy, Malcolm Murdoch, was yep. there. Yep. Uh, and I think I lost $20 almost instantly. Probably. <laughs> uh, but that's how I met Johnny. Yeah. And through that night, we reminisced about a guy named Bernie. Okay. Yeah. Um, who I, who, who I ended up being 99? our friend, yeah. Jason, who we worked with in 99, or yeah. you worked with in 99. He yeah. was a counselor or somebody, and counselor. I remember him. And you were like, oh, yeah, he's doing this fantasy baseball thing. Yeah. And so in 2005 is when I kind of said, hey, I'm interested. Yeah. And you and Clint and Johnny and Jason yep. all were in a baseball league, and you guys got me into it. I was in a league with Jason like maybe in 99 or 2000. I met him at, at orientation of 1999, my, ver- my orientation my very first summer. Yeah. I sat with him, and we started talking baseball, and he told me this fantasy thing, and I think maybe that following season is when I started my fantasy got you baseball in. career. 2000, yeah. Wow. Deep, so, dude. Yeah, so then I got in a couple, you know, six years later or whatever. Yeah. Um, and our relationship has obviously blossomed and grown since then, you yeah. know. So you go from 2006 to now, we've been playing fantasy baseball together for, at this point, 12 years. We've been in a league since then? Yeah. And a couple probably at one time, right? Some seasons, maybe two. I, uh, I think only one season where you and I were in we two or different home leagues. Run league. We well, we had a couple seasons of the home run league, but okay. you and I, you were in the Rob league for a while. Yeah, and I think I was in that league one year with you. Okay, the head to head league. Yeah, um, but oh, outside right. outside of that, it was you, me, and then Tim joined at some point. Um, Tim was deep because I met Tim in two thousand, so I think Tim and I were the. Original two that might have played together, and then maybe you. Well, Clint and Johnny played as well. Okay. But that's what's kept our friendship, obviously, afloat. Sure. Uh, But now we're deeper friends. We have a better connection. But here's what I want to say, and it's been a long time coming. I think it's very, very... um, Rare... That somebody who started in ministry at 18 years old has not wavered at all. Mm. And we're going on year, we're coming up to year 20 Mm. of me knowing you. And you've gone through some ups and downs in life, but I don't think there's been a moment in your life where you've said, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's been a moment in your life where you haven't doubted who Jesus is and you've never doubted the love of God and you've faithfully pursued Jesus and God mm. for you basically your entire life. Yeah. And you caught me at a really pivotal time. And here we are almost 20 years later. And I've said this to my therapist. Mm. I said, if JT Gordon were to contemplate his relationship with Jesus... I would have to reconsider this whole thing. Mm. And we're really close now. We're friends now. Yeah. So there's no pressure on you or anything like that. Yeah. But 
my faith and hope is built on Jesus Christ. Right. But the foundation started with Jesus Christ and somebody showing me love and grace as a little kid. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I think that's why I started camping ministry is that you need Jesus, but you also need somebody to show you Jesus. Yeah. And to be Jesus. Yeah. And that's what you've been. You've been a rock for mm. all these years. That's amazing. And it's humbling. Honestly, it's humbling to hear that because we don't see, you know, we see ourselves and we see, you know, who we think we are and the way in which we think about God and how God loves us or how God uses us. And we don't stop and think about how God is sees us and how he's using us. Mm. We think about how we think about God and how we think. And, and it, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's it's humbling because it's like, what did I do? You know, like, I didn't do anything. I didn't, like, target Christian. I didn't, you know, set out to turn the hearts of, you know, this many people. Or I, I'm i going to, this kid's going to know, you know? Right. We don't do that sometimes. And so when you hear these stories of how you have impacted people, it's really, like, it's humbling because it's a powerful statement about how God says, like, I'm doing what I'm going to do th- through you. Love me and I will um, I will love through you. Mm-hmm. And and watch what happens, you know? And So let me just tell I, you what has happened. Because of you, <clears throat> started... Uh, essentially washing dishes, worked in the kitchen for two summers, two summers, counseled at Camp Hammer for two summers. So let's just say 45 kids each summer. So 90 kids I had in my cabin for two summers. <coughs> Lives impacted, I believe. Mm. Um, started the youth ministry, started working at youth ministry in, in Santa Cruz. So let's just say a couple, a handful of kids impacted their lives. Went to the well, grew a youth ministry from three to a hundred, mm. um, impacted kids' lives for five years there. Now been here at Frontier Ranch for five years, um, eighteen hundred kids a year, thirty six hundred times two is forty. No, <laughs> thirty six hundred is sixty seventy two hundred kids wow. that we've seen at Frontier Ranch from my direction as a leader. Mm. And none of that would have been a thing if it wasn't for Little Buddy, if it wasn't for JT Gordon. That's crazy. And I talk about to my staff, my job is to help campers take a step closer in their relationship to Jesus. Mm. I'm not a converter. I don't convert kids to Christianity. You didn't convert me to Christianity, but you helped me take a step closer to Jesus. Mm. And then, therefore, the ripple effect happened. Mm. And you talk about those Acts 2 groups in the Bible, you know, like yeah. they met in these churches and they grew to 3,000 people. They yeah. grew because of people like JT, mm. who loved well, who showed grace well. And then 10 years later, mm. well, more than that, let's just say 10,000 kids' lives have been essentially touched and or I've been present in 10,000 different kids' lives over the last 12 years of ministry. Yeah, that's... I wouldn't. And had you have ever said, I'm not coming back to camp, 
I'm not into this. Leaned into Gage saying you could either play travel baseball. Yeah. Or you could work at this camp. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. It's crazy. And it's like, it's, gosh, it's like this, this, like, conversation is so timely. Um, because I think it's so important to stop and, and maybe consider like how amazing and a wonderful God is because if we don't, then I think sometimes we don't see or appreciate like how simple loving people and loving God can be and how great of like a life and an impact that can be. Mm. It can be simple, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wonder how often we stop and think about simple interactions and consistency and attentiveness to people around, uh, around us uh, can be enough, you know, like can be life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we th- hear that enough. You know, we feel a, a sort of pressure expectation to do something or to be something or to to have this sort of uh, gifting to do these things. I don't think and I don't remember a single spiritual conversation you had with me. I, don't, I remember the conversation that Iceman had with me. I remember yeah. the conversation that Fungi had with me. Yeah. But what I remember from you is love. Mm. And I I remember love from other people, yeah. but I remember the purest form of love mm. from you, mm. of you just saw a kid and you said, I love this kid and yeah. I'm going to make sure all week long he feels like he is special. Yeah. And I think that's all that you needed to do. Yeah. And that's why as a director, I try and tell my counselors, <coughs> you're not here to convert these kids faith. Yeah. Just show them love. Yeah. Because love, the love of God has more of a ripple effect than you think. Yeah. Um, and that's what you did. Yeah. And what God was obviously stirring and spinning in your heart, in your life, uh, he had a, a much larger sway <laughs> in who you were than, than what I was could totally. probably have said or done to sort of take this kid who loves me and I'm going to make him a Christian kid. Um I don't think you even thought that. No. You were just like, I'm going to just show this kid love because he deserves it. Yeah. That's amazing. It really should be a testimony to that people need to hear that that. That's why we're recording. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's really, it really is amazing. And and I say this like in a strange time because um, you get to a certain age, I'm 36 now. You do. You get to a certain age where you start. You can reflect a little bit on your life, and you can look back and go, "Okay, where did I come from? What have I done?" And it's a season that can be, as a psychologist talk about, a pretty sensitive season of life where you start to take notice of, like, "Well, what did I do? Where have I come from? And like, did I do it right or not?" And uh, and I happen to be in a season of life where I'm, as you've experienced more recently, where. Um, you, you do. You stop and you think like, well, what? what? I know, 13 I know. <laughs> That's uh, right. good old Cassia, right? And there yeah, you go. Go Giants. Go Giants. <laughs> Send them back. Um, but 
it's a real encouragement to me right now because, you know, it's a seasonal life where, where I'm, I'm looking back on the past and I'm thinking, you know, what decisions have I made? You know, have I been faithful enough? You know, what is my, what is my faith with the Lord? And like, how, how is it like changing the world or doing amazing things? And, um, in a way that you don't, you don't really think about when you're young, you start to reflect on it now. And it's, you know, to hear a story like this or to f- reflect on the past and the relationships that you make with people over the years. Um, it's amazing to hear stories like this because it really reminds you um, how um, loving loving people, being present as you love people, um, can have not just an impact on the person, but like it can make such a great, like you said, ripple effect into the lives of so many other people. Um yeah, and, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And ultimately, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to toot your horn. Yeah. Don't want to give you a bigger ego than you already have. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not these days. But uh, uh, <laughs> Ultimately, that was all God. And, 100%. And God used you to reach me, and God used me to reach other people. Yeah. But as a human, I'm sitting here saying, JT Gordon single-handedly besides God himself and my youth pastor in high school were you know the biggest influences in my whole life yeah um and here we are yeah um and one thing I I want to touch on because there's no chance the A's score four runs here in the top of the ninth but uh that's an angel's bullpen you know it's not well you're right it's not Troy Percival yeah (laughs) or Frankie Rod we got some Blake uh, Blake Parker and we got some Blake Parker action um (laughs) You know, one thing I I want to touch on here is I have a lot of staff, and this is the thing that breaks my heart more than anything else. Yeah. Is that I have, every summer I have 70 staff come in. And out of those 70 staff, they all choose to live their life in a different way after summer's over. Yeah. And several of them, um, while they may love Jesus, the public persona out there doesn't... necessarily always embodying Jesus. Right. Um, I've seen, you know, today the days of, of Instagram and Facebook are, are tough for me because I see my summer staff and just the little things, little things like posting a photo with you and a beer you, and it's like, that's fine. I don't care that you drink, but there might be a little fourth grader that's looking at you and, and seeing you from a different lens, yeah. the way that I saw you. Yeah. Um, you know, you have oh Middleton's coming in. Oh, we got we got at least we got at least two and a half runs out of this <laughs> before he's yanked. <clears throat> um, <laughs> you know, and I I saw I see summer staff kind of post things or act certain way or maybe fall away from Jesus a little bit. And I can think of, let's just say I'm a counselor for one summer at Frontier Ranch, and I have 45 kids in my cabin, and I essentially teach them about Jesus. And at the end of that summer, these kids, they take a step closer in their relationship with Jesus, but then I go and live my life entirely apart from Jesus. Right. I don't know what that means. I don't know what kind of impact that has, but I follow those people as a 14-year-old kid, and I see these things, and then I go, well, maybe I can live my life that way. Yeah. 
I can faithfully say, knowing this, is that you have obviously made mistakes. You were a sinner like all of yeah. us. But you have faithfully for years loved Jesus. Yeah. And there might be moments where you have thought, maybe I'll, maybe this Jesus guy isn't real or whatever. Yeah. But in the end, you come back to, no, this is real. This is life-changing. And yeah. this is who I am. And this is who Jesus is. Yeah. And that more than anything has had a greater impact on me yeah. because you've been a rock. You've yeah. been someone who just says, no, this is Jesus. Yeah. And everyone should know and love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we, we have our buddy Johnny that yeah. we've been praying for and gosh, how long has it been since 2006? So yeah. 12 years we've, we've, I mean, I've known him. I've known him you, since, you're, since you went to camp him, with him. I've known him since 19, maybe 1989, <laughs> seven or eight years old. Yeah. Just faithful. Yeah. Rock solid. Never giving up the God's in control of Johnny. Yeah. Um, yeah. that might have a bigger impact to me in the later years in life yeah. than maybe what you did when you were the Grizz. Yeah. Is that JT Gordon, as a 36-year-old, is still faithfully pursuing Jesus. Yeah. And that's, I think, I think the important part of, of that is it, 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 speaks, it speaks to the fact that if God, if the Holy Spirit is, is alive in us, if... if 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 what we believe in is true and the holy spirit does live in us then there is going to be a consistency and there is going to be the truth that is always there right. whether or not our flesh or our personalities or our shortcomings get in the way like i just believe that god transcends that he is bigger than our shortcomings and our failures and if he exists in us if if he is alive in us whether it's a roaring flame or a little ember that the the fire the fire is there mm-hmm. and my my hope and my belief is that if um, you know, our desire is that our flame is bright and it's burning and it's, you know, relentless so that people see like, this is something different about this guy. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that if that fire isn't ripping and roaring and um, is on fire as, as it can be, that there'll be seasons of, 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 of valleys, that there is still that ember, <coughs> there is still that light that exists that will consistently be there. Like mm-hmm. you said earlier, it just is there. And that's what you've been. And and I think that's what people see. Mm-hmm. And it isn't me, and it's not you, and it's but that's what I would hope would be the the proof, the evidence of like a living God in us is it that is. consistently that almost pierces even because I know I can be a huge wiener, a huge <laughs> dork, a huge you know, I can be selfish and do all and yeah, I'm a human being. Right. But the desire and the hope and the encouragement both to my faith and, and to this conversation is that like if God is living and he's active and he and he dwells within us, that there is some light that will always penetrate who we are into the lives of the people around us. Because mm-hmm. ultimately God has this sway and the 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 last word over your heart mm-hmm. or his heart or her heart. Um, yep. You know? And, I totally agree. And I, I hope that that's kind of been evidenced through our story a little bit you know it's evidence in my life and i've shared with my summer staff in the past what you mean to me and i remember you came up in 2015 maybe um 
and you kind of came and I, I had told the staff the next morning, if you saw a man who was standing with me in the back watching skits, that man single-handedly changed my life and is responsible for me being a director here. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I know yeah. I've told you that several times. I'm grateful that God has, in a weird way, brought us together all these years later and we've been playing fantasy baseball together for years. You're yeah. my oldest fantasy friend. I love it. Um, and we're still real friends. Yeah. Obviously, we still mm-hmm. care a lot about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and I've expressed this to you as well. Uh, incredibly proud and impressed with uh, what God stirred in you. Your like enthusiasm and relentless relentlessness to to follow that and to mm-hmm. say like I I hear that God you have stirred something in me and I will go there and you've done that. And, and it's in, it's impressive because we can doubt we can get in our way. We can, what's not of money or any of those sort of things. I go there because you went there. Yeah. You were consistent for four years. Why can't I be consistent for 30 years? Yeah. You know, you're still consistent. Yeah. As long as you're rolling, I'm rolling. Yeah. (laughs) Let's keep rolling. dude. (laughs) Let's do it. She um, back up in these mountains. I'll tell you that. Golly. Let me close with some, some fun questions. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you think back to your camp days? Salt time. Salty salt, salt. Snap. We back in this game. Nope. No, nope, there's two outs. You know who's coming up? I can't stand it. Larry. Crush. He literally just got out. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Jed Lowry. He didn't tag me. He didn't tag me. He didn't tag me. Nope, he didn't tag me. Didn't tag me. (laughs) Dude, we're down by four. You're out. I'll concede. I want Crush to come up. That's true. He's out. Game over. No, he said he's safe. Dude, what question you got for me, dude? Hold on. Let's see if he's out. How is that? Oh, maybe he didn't tag him. Uh, nope. He's oh, they're out. not going to call no, it. He's out. He's just, that's what I'm saying about Lowry, man. You do have tagged <laughs> out, dude. Just take it like a man. All right. Ace loose. 13 to 9. That's right. After being up. But These hey. are just uh, rapid fire questions. All right. Favorite camp song? Uh, Time After Time. Yeah. We still play that at Frontier. Worst. I brought that to Frontier. Worst camp song? N- nails in your hand. Song changed my life, dude. <laughs> there couldn't be any more opposite, dude. Couldn't handle it. Kids loved it. Favorite camp meal? Um, uh, favorite camp meal, the... Uh, probably the burrito bar. Burrito bar? Do you, yeah. re- do you remember a worst camp meal? Um, worst food you ate at camp? I didn't love. I like. I no. I like the chicken nuggets too. <laughs> All right. Fair. You, you know what? I don't. I think I. I think I liked most of the food, but you know how I eat, so that kind of makes sense. <laughs> there wasn't like, a meal where you're like, ugh. Uh, there might have been like a dinner plate with like chicken and potatoes that would have been plain. I want the like pizza burritos chicken right. nuggets. I want. I don't need like favorite a, camp activity. Um, well, there was a season where I loved the hydrosteria. Oh yeah, belly belly flop 
runs that I would go on. That, Hydro Hysteria Camp Hammer was yeah. like their water games, water basically. Games, yeah. And you would do the uh, Shamu Show. Shamu Show. Oh. And there were a couple summers where I would consistently go on these seven, eight, nine belly flops in a row. Stupid. <laughs> but the kids loved it. Yeah, so least favorite camp activity. Um, I didn't love... I've never been a huge like high ropes guy. Okay. So I, I never really was, was that stoked on that. Can you think of just like a camp memory that you wish you could erase from your mind? Oh gosh! Just what was the I... stupidest thing the Grizz did? Um, we what did we do? Did we? I feel like it had to, it had to have had. To, oh, this is what <laughs> this is. So, um, uh, gumbo. So I was working year-round staff. I remember Gumbo. Yeah, and we were uh, doing our weekend retreat kind of thing, and there was a uh, there was a time we drove up to the to the kitchen, and I didn't set the parking brake. Oh, do you remember this? And, and no, the, and I the, just the camp um, truck. The white one or before the that? brown one. Okay, the brown, brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm upstairs in the camp kitchen. Oh, I've and I look outside story. and I'm like, somebody is. This is like on a Sunday afternoon. Nobody's like, somebody's stealing the truck. And it's rolling backwards down the hill toward, toward, toward fur. <laughs> no, toward cedar. Toward cedar, yeah. It sort of hits cedar and starts to go down toward the snack shack. Right. Goes down sort of toward the snack shack and then runs like in a tree. Right crushes it and you know Dennis Dennis is not like it's you know it's okay Dennis <laughs> Dennis gives you that kind of shit you know um, he's shaking his shaking head shaking his head upset yeah so uh, I totaled the I totaled I didn't set the parking brake and it rolled down you totaled the you totaled the, the they, truck and you destroyed cedar yeah and crushed then, the pole. yeah and then <laughs> this is the crazy connection between you and I yeah. then following year Dennis straight up looked me in my eyes and was like I was washing dishes, and I said, we need to take the trash out. And he says, can you drive stick? And I said, totally. I don't even have my license. I have my permit. <laughs> yes. He's like, great. Take care of it. And I put the parking brake on when I was – I had just this dropped the truck. had white truck. No, this was the blue truck. They had the brown oh. and the blue truck. Yeah, because I crushed the blue, brown truck. You trust the brown truck. And yeah. then I, I crushed the blue truck. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Because uh, I didn't know how to drive it, and so I did the whole trash run. I drove stick. I I made it up the whole time, and then I parked it. And when I shut the car off, I didn't put it in first, first gear or put the brake on. So I just let go of the clutch, no. and it just launched towards <laughs> staff room four. Really? Yeah, it launched towards staff room four. Crushed a sign that said no parking. Hit the generator. Snapped the key off in the thing and completely destroyed under the, the kitchen right there under the kitchen right there in the same place yours went forward and mine went backwards and and then then in 2003 they got the white truck oh so you and i destroyed the the two cars simultaneously i didn't know that yes i that's a good story that, that i a, like to tell people that's a good story okay so favorite camp memory um Favorite camp memory? Oh, man. Rapid Fire. I would probably say favorite camp memory. Honestly, man, my favorite camp memory were probably the couple times during the weekends that we would go up to A's games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a thing that Camp Hammer used to do for years. Yeah, and probably my favorite because of obviously how much I love the A's. And I think thinking back... I felt really proud. Like I, I felt like it was something that I got to 
some of one of my favorite things on the planet is mm. Ace Baseball. That a couple summers we would go up and we watch this game and we we get like um, skirt steak from Live Oak Live Oak Super. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and we, we like would. we yeah. like grill it up and stuff. And I remember just kind of feeling like I got to take these people. Dude, Live Oak, Live Oak Super. Man. Oh, super under. Oh, super Great underrated. food. Great skirt steak. Yeah. Um, and we'd go and we cook it up. And I I just kind of always remember I was just so proud. Like I got to share one of my favorite things with a you know half of the staff on a Saturday afternoon and they had fun and we'd sat in the bleachers. And that's that was- funny. One of my all-time favorite Camp Hammer memories is going to an A's game. You actually went to this game um, and this guy named Goulash mm-hmm. went to the game as well. And yeah. he, he really made an impact on me. Um, and I was a staff member at this point. You were just coming as a, as a buddy. Okay. And the A's won that day and it was just this beautiful day in the sun. It was just a great day. Yeah. And that's one of my all-time favorite memories. You remember that game? Oh, absolutely, yeah. man. I remember where I sat. I remember yeah. who I sat next to, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, that's probably one of those memories that I, I really enjoyed. Or bleaching our hair on the weekends or the videos that we made with Dom for the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. That was always fun. You're the inspiration for the music videos. I love it. You single-handedly... <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, you started the music video trend for wow. camp. Because when I was at Camp Hammer, we did the O-Town video. Yeah. Like, five years after you did NSYNC. We did NSYNC that first year, and then we... No, no we, we did, did Backstreet, Backstreet Boys Backstreet. first, and then NSYNC. <laughs> yeah. And then me, Andrew, Tim, and Reed did O-Town. Which is a great video. Five years That's later. That's in, in the pool, right? No, we're like... We were like all over camp, near the pool, maybe. Okay, yeah. And then at Frontier Ranch, when I started here, we did a One Direction video. That's pretty cool, pretty fun. It's great, man. It's super great. So before we go, because we're we're getting to an hour and a half, dude. Is that like epic long, or what are podcasts like? Uh, Like 35 minutes. What? (laughs) This is entertaining, I think. We had a good time. I'm just enjoying talking to you. It's a good time. Sometimes I've forgotten that the microphone's right here. Hey, it's all good. Um, I have a summer staff coming in. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't even know what the date is. The 7th? 6th? They're coming in in less than a month. What's one thing you want to um, tell my summer staff coming in? Um, I I, I would say you, you don't have to, you don't have to be more or better than who you are. I don't think you need to be feel a pressure to it don't don't come in with an expectation that you need to be more than who you are at this moment. Because who you're going to be at the beginning of the summer, the process that God's going to do in in you through you, the hearts of the kids that you have no idea what they like you need um you know the process that god's going to take you through from the beginning of summer to the end of summer is exactly what he's going to want to do in the lives of the people around you in you and and around you Mm -hmm. so come as you are and have a heart to be present and allow god to do what he's going to do in you and through you while you're at camp. Because nothing that you try to do more or nothing that you're going to try to be more or no expectation that you're going to try to like live to is going to be any better. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's going to set you up to feel like 
you have a pressure or you're going to fall short. Come as you are. God brought you to this place. Um, and trust that what God did in your life through me, which I didn't expect or know, um, that he can do the same thing through you as well. That's what I'd probably say. Come as you are. Love that. Yep. Um, yeah, man. It's been a journey. It's been good. Many more years, right? Of course. Absolutely. Um, we'll end with this. JT is a fantasy baseball champion in our league. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's the king. Absolutely. In my opinion, he's the greatest fantasy baseball manager Thanks, sir. of all time. Thanks, sir. So congrats on that. Thank you. <laughs> Go A's. That's right. Go A's. Um, and I just am grateful for your friendship. Um, grateful for the years together. And I know these last this last year and a half has been difficult for you. It has, yeah. Um, I just I want you to know that despite all the things that you've been going through in your life mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know I just want you, I really genuinely want you to know the impact that you've had on my life and the impact that I think you've had on other people's lives mm. through me um, that's not a narcissistic thing that's yeah. just a simple fact yeah and uh, yeah I hope you go to your grave with that man I hope you know yeah. that that these these four summers as this little chubby bleached hair kid. Yeah. Um, now you're much more fit. And Thanks, sir. <laughs> uh, those those meant something long term. Yeah. You know the kingdom is better because of you. Yeah. So thank well, you. Well, praise the Lord for that because right? uh, that he he is he is good. His love what, endures forever. Yeah, his love endures. His steadfast love endures and, forever. And the nails in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> you still playing those songs? <laughs> uh, we do play time after time, but good. not not. Uh, I don't think I've heard the nails in your hands. It's for a so long intense, time. dude. It's a violent song, but all right, man. Love you. Love you too, dude. All right, we'll cut this. Cut this at uh, one twenty nine. Perfect. I was way too busy strumming my guitar See, I thought I'd spend the day Relaxing by the river And singing a couple tunes And spend the time But you were looking for A tasty snack Maybe my liver Well, I gotta tell you, bear That thought does make me scared In fact, it makes me quiver So sorry, Mr. Bear To cut our meeting short But I can't stick around